Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, Pregnancy After IVF. It's season two. If you want to hear about all the IVF fun, the five transfers, no wait, sorry, the five rounds, the three transfers, the, the betas that the failed, two, the, the betas that had a tiny yes and then failed. Wait, don't forget about the two surgeries. Two surgeries, a lot of jerking the off in a room. reproductive urologist. Guys, it, it it's a yarn. It's available in a convenient, free, one hundred and seven episode set. <laughs> Download it. It's there. It's not going anywhere. Oh my god! How big do you think all of those episodes? Like, how big of that file do you think that would be? Um, probably averages. It's probably about seven, between seven and eight gigs. At the bit rate that I, I put it out at. Yeah. So. Cool. Guys, give it a download. We should do thumb drives. 
No, no, we should not. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, Dory has an appointment. I have an appointment tomorrow. I've, uh, I'm excited about it because it's to check your alpha feta protein, which is my favorite checkup. <laughs> it's your favorite kind of protein? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it's for because I know there's no ultrasound tomorrow. And they said there was a blood test. And I was texting with a friend of mine who's also pregnant who's like, I think she's like five weeks behind me. And she she has like a schedule from her OB of like what gets done when. Do I know this person? She lives in New York. Okay. Um, Didn't answer my question. She came to our wedding. I don't know that you know her. Okay, okay. Hi. Good to hear from you again. <laughs> um. Anyway, she was like, oh, that's the week of the AFP test. And I was like, oh, right. Um, but I, I Googled it, and my friend WebMD told me that it's a test to see if the baby has any neural... T- what did I tell you about WebMD? It's a test to see if the baby has any neural tube defects, which can indicate a condition like spina bifida. If I know me, I'm sure it's got something. I also Googled how to pronounce spina bifida. That I knew, weirdly. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. How? I don't know. I probably had it. No, you didn't. I don't know. That's scoliosis. You did? Yeah. Oh, did you have to wear a brace? I had a back brace. You did? Yeah. I never knew that. Crazy, right? Yeah. Wow. I sleep with it. Did you ever read the Judy Bloom book, Deanie? No. As we know on the podcast here, we are anti-Judy Bloom. Just kidding. Dory loves Judy Bloom. <laughs> Big, I'm a big Bloom. Super Fudge fan. You know, the whole Fudge franchise. The whole Fudge franchise is pretty great. I, I'm 99% sure it was Deanie um, when she has she has scoliosis. I think it, you're thinking of, uh, are you there, God? It's me, back brace. Oh, that must be what I'm thinking yep. of. Thank you for clarifying You're that. welcome. Been working a lot of long days. The jokes aren't going to be good. Oh, boy. Left it all on the page. Tune into the Goldbergs. Um, yeah, so I think, I think it should be a, a pretty fast appointment tomorrow. Just go in and get my blood taken. I like a quick in and out. Me too. I don't um, like in and out for the record. If anyone's uh, wondering how I feel about the California burger chain. I like in and out. It can go fuck itself. Wow. You're yep. just coming out swinging tonight. Just want you to know those fries are garbage. They taste like cardboard. Probably because they're actually fresh. I think their food is delicious. I hate their fries. I think their food is delicious. It's like, oh, you know what? Could could you uh, squeeze some chopped up onions and Thousand Island on this uh, soggy cardboard? That's animal style fries, everybody. I like plain fries. I don't like any of their okay. things. Look, Look I'll have an In-N-Out burger. Yeah. Look, if someone's kind enough to provide us with an In-N-Out burger, I'll eat it. Mm-hmm. But we are a Shake Shack family. And... Uh, that's just that's just how it is. We could do a taste test with Bo. Ugh. We eat Bo? No. Versus see, a burger? We see which which burger Bo goes for first, the Shake Shack or the In-N-Out. Interesting. Chances are, I think, if uh, any of them came with a large container of sauce, you'd go with that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Bo. Update on Bo. He's fine. <laughs> he just literally had that one day of uh, pukey, which we guarantee was from the container of saucy ate off my desk. Okay. He's so sneaky. Any other bow updates? Let's see. Hmm. 
We haven't been good about muscle we training. We haven't been good about anything. We're going to be bad parents. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. What? You know, I just think I think we'll be like, oh, don't forget, teach your kid to read. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll be like, hmm, am I supposed to do something? <laughs> All right. 15 years later. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what's happening tomorrow. Yep. Also, um, we hired a doula. Dory hired a doula, everybody. We so I'd interviewed a bunch over the Hang phone. On. Just let them take it in. Okay. They were probably reacting in their cars. Like uh, okay. someone was fist pumping. Probably two doulas listening at the same time high fived each other. Mm. Okay. Someone sneezed. If you're the one who sneezed, email us. Um so I'd spoken I think I mentioned this last week. I'd spoken to a bunch of doulas on the phone. And then last weekend we for those of you unfamiliar, a had, doula. Uh, can you not interrupt me? Is a is a don't interrupt me. I mean, let me. I'm just explaining doula. We okay, have a lot of people gonna, who are never going to have kids. I'm going to get to that. Who just don't let even want to have. Just kids let me talk without getting to the without show. getting interrupted. Oh boy. Anyway, guys, tune in to my podcast, Matt's Excellent Adventure. No one wants to listen to that. It was really good. Matt's eating while he records, which. If I ever do, he gets so angry at me. Yeah, but I can turn my mic down. Uh-huh. Anyway, so we met with two doulas last week. We went out for coffee with them. And I would say I think we liked both of them. I literally just got mortified by the fact that we didn't offer to buy the coffee for the second doula. No, we did. Oh, thank God. You were at home taking care of something. I had a poop. And then she came we and I asked close. if I could get her anything. And she said no. And I said, are you sure? And she said, yes. I would have insisted. Okay. I rode a bird scooter home. I know. I was like, wow, that was fast. And turned out he had ridden a bird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I think we like both of them. But I think for our purposes, we decided one of them was probably better um, and I spoke to a woman who had used her, spoke to her today. She had nothing but glowing things to say about her, um, which I liked. And yeah, I think, I think they both did a good job of kind of explaining what a doula does. Um, they both, so our doula will do two prenatal visits where she'll kind of go over a lot of stuff related to to the birthing process. Um, then. Bo. Stop interrupting mom. Oh, he's going to almost sit. He's almost sitting. He sat. And now he wants to shake. Well, he smells your. He's just trying to get some delicious, delicious chicken. <laughs> from my macronutrient filled meal. Um, and then in the. I think First time the, I've had dinner at home in a long time. That's true. I think in the month before your due date, um, they're on call for you 24-7. So if, you know, something happens like in the middle of the night and you need a, a, a doula, you can text them. Yeah. Um, and then you call them when you go into labor, when you start going to labor at home, and then they 
will usually come to your house and go with then go with you to the hospital and kind of they they also help you like develop a birth plan and stuff like that. And then when you're in the hospital, they act as an advocate for you and they can help you out and they can help your partner out and kind of help him or her, you know, decide like what to do and how to help you more. And I don't know, it, it just, it sounded like it would be a great support system for us since neither of us has had a baby, had a baby, been around babies, um, seen babies. And then they, they stay with you for like an hour or two after. But you just got a lot of dog hair in my food. The birth. Um, just to kind of make sure everything's okay. And like, again, they can like flag the nurses if something seems off. And then they come back for a postpartum visit, I think like a week later. And then you can also kind of hire them separately to be a postpartum doula. Um, but for now, I, I just wanted to like get the birth doula set. Because that's like the, mo- the more pressing matter. Look, the, the more we discover about these doulas, the more inclined I am to be like... Sure, that makes sense. I don't have uh, any knowledge of what's happening here. Might as well find someone who does. Yeah. I thought they both did a good job like answering all our questions. And I asked some really good questions. I was, I'm a pretty good interviewer. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I wish you guys were there for it. We should have interviewed them on the podcast. I mean, we, we can interview her on the podcast. I'm sure she would happily do that. Oh, could you imagine what that would be like? I can't. Probably be a good interview. Who knows? It would be fun. Yeah. Oh, and also the one that we are going with seemed very unfazed by Bo. Yes. She didn't meet Bo, but we told her all about Bo. She Bo's a lot. Bo is a lot, and we asked her if she'd be willing to come a few times before she comes for the prenatal visits to meet Bo. We would pay her, of course. Yeah, an hourly rate. An hourly rate. And I'm like, hey, could you swing over? Here's the deal. We got this dog. He's 84 pounds. <laughs> He's a very persnickety. He has a lot of issues with humans entering the home, and we want to get you to a place where he also likes to pull the podcast equipment apart. Um, it's just too much. He's overstimulated right now. His olfactories are out of control. He smells too much chicken. Bo, Bo, listen to me, pal. We're talking about you, okay? We're talking about how you're exactly like this right now. Um, he also like hates you until he loves you. Yeah, and I just wanted to make sure that he loves this person if they're going to come into the home. I don't want to have to like, I don't know, do meetings outside or something. Or, totally. Like always meet at a coffee shop. Yeah. No. Um, but for the like for one meeting, I thought it was excessive to like force them to yes, go through the process. Totally. So that's why we went to Coffee Town. Yeah. Um, at but Coffee we, Town. But we really liked how kind of unfazed and open she was about the prospect of meeting Bo and kind of going through the whole process of meeting him. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, you know, it's important. We, we, our dog's very important to us. Uh, hopefully as important as the child will eventually become. But so far, Bo wins. Isn't that right, buddy? He just wags his tail real hard. <laughs> um, so I just want to get him... Um, I just want to get him happy with the person who's... You're really a little much right now, pal. This is what we might, go through literally all the time. I think you might need to put your food away. This is what we go through on Star Trek The Next Conversation constantly. 
And this is when you yell. Oh my God, you're adorable. Dory, take him outside. Could you deal with him, please? <laughs> Could you imagine if I was out there and you were doing a podcast with Kate? What would you be doing? What would you ask? Matt. Yes. All right, good. He's down. He's down for the count. He's yeah. not really. He's just, he's laying down looking ready to pounce on a piece of chicken. Know. Okay, so where were we? Doula one was a mother of nine children, five children, four, <laughs> four children. Four children. Doula two was a surrogate for was two children. Was a surrogate children. for two children. I don't I understand how that works. What do you mean? She must have had a child of her own, right? No, she's never had it. She was, it was a... How do you get to be a surrogate without like having a, a previous child? It was like a known, like it was for her godmother. Okay. So, a lot of God rolling around with these doulas. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I also was confused by the second doula. Just in general? Their existence. I was yeah. like, wait a second. You went to school for engineering. Then you worked for a giant entertainment company that I'm very familiar with. And then you decided to go into doula town? All right. Yeah. Must be a passion. Yeah. I think she's she's very... You know, the thing about her is I actually think she's more passionate about postpartum doulaing than birth doulaing. You know what? Maybe best of both worlds, we hire was, her for back end. I was thinking that. We pick her up for the back nine. Because she is a certified newborn care specialist oh. and a certified lactation specialist. And I am a certified lazy dad. And I got the feeling that the first one is really passionate about birth doulaing. Like, she was sort of like, yeah, I do postpartum stuff, but it wasn't like her thing. Whereas the second one was like, I have eight to nine postpartum clients a month and one birth client a month. Hmm. Interesting. You know, and I, I just I just felt like her jam is more the, the actual baby. So I was thinking she might be good to come. But the but the bow situation bow factor is always uh, bow factor she seemed it's always confusing she seemed less excited about meeting bow she seemed very off put by dog at first yeah the idea of a dog and i started to explain it and then she's like oh well you know i used to raise x giant dog and y giant dog and i'm like well then why were you like that when i said bow's big yeah it was very confusing it was confusing all right anyway back uh, back to uh bow his cheese, uh, the cheese plan's in effect, guys. <laughs> cheese plan has been activated. C-P-H-A. What? Yeah. Okay. That works. That's an acronym. <laughs> All right. Uh, please leave your Apple Podcast reviews. We really appreciate them. Thank you. Thank you. Please join the Facebook group. Facebook group. Welcome Facebook. to the Admirals Club. Nope. Wrong podcast. Oh. Facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. There is also a... Uh, pregnancy and children subgroup of the main group. So if you are also pregnant after IVF or infertility or whatever, you can join that group. Hop on um, over. Hop on over. Our website is excellentadventure.com. If you would like to support us on Patreon, we are still doing two bonus episodes a month. True story. We got two out last month under the wire. Patreon.com forward slash adventure. We take your requests. We take all your questions. We're really uh, at your service on those Patreon episodes. Yeah, the Patreon ones are really quite a place for whatever you wanted to ever find out about us. Yep, or ask us for advice. Yeah, or we can discover things about each other. Yeah, it's really special. Like my scoliosis Wait and my various back braces. 
This is the main episode. Oh, hmm. I should have been more professional. Earlier. Um, our Twitter is at excellent pod and our email is Dory and Matt at Gmail, Matt and Dory at Gmail and our phone number to leave us a voicemail that we might play on the podcast is 413-461-BABY. That's true. Yep. <sighs> oh, la- you know, big, uh, big exclusive for the Patreon. We, Dory and I read our names, potential names list, which oh, is yeah, not final. I mean, I don't know that even the name is even on that list, but that's the ones we've both have been like, okay. People have started to ask me if we have a name and I've been like, we have a list. We don't have like one that we've. You know, there's on. one name in my head that I've I've been gravitating towards. Really? Yeah. What is it? Wait, you want to spoil no. it? On the <laughs> write show? it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to write down a name on a piece of paper, and it's just like just, and I mean as the name. You know what I'm saying? Not not a nickname for another name. I'm just saying as the name. Weirdly, this is what's popping into my head. Oh, that's on the list. Well, there you go. I don't hate it. So you might have just heard it, everybody. You never know. I like that it's derivative, you know, of other names around the house. Yep, yep, yep. But there's no one who is actually, whose real name that is, who you know. It's true. Although some people might think he was named after someone. Yeah, but I don't call him that. True. True. I'm the only one who doesn't. That is well, true. Well, me and me and his wife. Weirdly, hmm. <laughs> I'm just like in my. I'm playing in my head the Monday morning text message I get from um, said wife. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, mystery name. We'll mystery do a big name. reveal on the show if our baby makes it to birth. Oh God! Hey, look, I got to be real here with everybody. Now you're the one that's... We're not out of the woods. Being real? We have to say we're not out of the woods. I know, but I just remember when we were with my parents and you got so mad at me. I got so mad because that was like an unreasonable time to do that. You were such a negative Nancy or a Dory Downer or a poop. Anyway, go ahead. Shall I? You can do whatever you want. Here's Matt's update for the week. Been working a lot. Twelve, thirteen hour days. Yep. A couple of nights so late that uh had to walk all the way around the Sony lot to get to my car because they close a gate that oh, I God. usually would walk out of at like eleven. <laughs> oh god. Um But uh other than that, you know, I've been playing some Red Dead Redemption two. In the uh, in my office, I've taken the PlayStation situation away from Dory's giant television, moved it into here. I think she enjoys that more. I can tell you quite frankly, uh, it's easier on me. And uh, here's my Red Dead Redemption method of play. You're an outlaw cowboy, right? You can it's free roaming. You can rob anybody you want, do whatever you want. You're gonna tell them about Pepper. I have one horse that I bought for $15 at the very beginning of the game. It's like, go buy a horse. And I didn't have enough money to buy any of the, like the next most expensive horse was $250. What? So I bought a $15 horse. (laughs) Named it Pepper immediately for some reason. I was like, Pepper. (laughs) I was like, that seemed like that horse's name. And then uh, I have not 
gotten a new horse. I refuse to get a new horse. And I also play it very white hat. I'm, I try to do as many good deeds as I can. I have a personal rule in the game that I will not draw my gun unless I am drawn on. And I will not... Uh, I don't like to kill anybody unless it's in one of the missions where I'm like robbing a train or something as part of the outlaw gang. That's so you. You know, I like to roam around. Even You know what I do also is I will... Um, I will uh, go ahead and... Um, if I come across any sort of broken down wagon with horses, mm-hmm. I will cut the horses free and, and tell them to shoe. Whoa. Get. Go wow. on, get. Okay. Anyway. All right. <laughs> That's my Red Dead Redemption update. Cool. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You're welcome. Just let's enjoy it now because when the baby comes... You know, bueno. No game, eh, bueno. <laughs> Should we take a short break? For what? Hear Some from sort of uh, sponsor our, our of sponsors? the show? Hope they know what they're sponsoring. That they're, sure? They're sponsoring a Pregslin adventure. Oh, is that what we're calling it then? No. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. Bombus is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombus is that when you purchase an item, Bombus donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombus has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. 
I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right, honey, we're back into the show. Sure are. Now, I know we haven't had any time to talk to the people who are listening because I was going on and on about Pepper. Oh, Pepper. Have you ever seen Pepper? Nope. Oh, you're in for a treat. All right. Oh, boy. Um, all right. This this email is from Jordan. Hi, Matt and Dory. Pausing the podcast to sing the praises of doulas. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Doula, diddy, diddy, did like literally sing? I, mean, uh, I really should stop no. talking at this point in my life. If you recall, last so last week we recorded the podcast before we had met with the doulas, and Matt was still a little skeptical of what doulas actually do. And, and whether I we said this one. to the doulas. Yeah, and they, I thought they responded very well. I'm like, what are you guys going to do? Because our tub's not big enough to have a baby in it. <laughs> um, all right. I can hear the skepticism in Matt's voice thinking that having a doula is something that Dory wants and needs and just wanted to chime in to say that our doula was amazing for me while I was in labor, but also helped my husband immensely. When I first heard of doulas in my early 20s, I thought it was totally hippy dippy. Mm -hmm. Why would I want another person in the room who I barely knew? After listening to several friends describe their positive experiences with doulas, my husband and I decided it would be a good idea to have one for our birth. It was the best decision we made in our pregnancy. Wow. I have a genetic condition that makes my joints super wonky and having someone there to firmly but kindly tell nurses not to just yank on my legs was a godsend. We had four shift changes of nurses during my labor. My doula made sure each new nurse understood my birth plan and what I needed. Having a consistent voice in the room who wasn't as physically and emotionally connected to pregnancy is so helpful. Additionally, over the course of my 24 hour labor, she would tell my husband when to rest. If he hadn't been able to rest, he wouldn't have been able to get me through those last two hours of labor. Honey, they're going to tell you when to rest. I like resting. She was also great at letting him know when things may have appeared scary, but were just a normal part of the birthing process. All that poop is normal. Take advantage of those prenatal meetings to discuss any fears or concerns you both have, not just Dory. How much poop? By the time my doula arrived at the hospital, I was induced, so she arrived once I was actually in labor. Who I, cleans up the poop? I wept with joy because I already knew and trusted her from those early meetings. Have I embraced the hippy dippiness of doulas? Yes. I don't even like when my wife pees in front of me. Give it a go, Matt. What's what, what she going to poop? All right. I'm asking all the questions now. Um, well, you need to back off, pal, because you're going to do the thing that you all like to do where you knock down the podcast equipment. I'm going to play. I'm going to play voicemail. Well, I can't hear half of us. Okay, play a voicemail, honey. Hey, Matt and Dory. The Ramekin Queer is back. This oh. time is a voicemail. Um, 
I am here feeding my ramekin baby, who is now six months old. <laughs> Can't believe old. that worked, honestly. And I wanted to interject a little from Matt about doulas and put his mind at ease. I can't wait to hear what your doula interviews were like. Um, I was a postpartum doula, which is something y'all might not be as familiar with, which is also very helpful, which is somebody I joke where the best mother-in-law in the world with none of the baggage. So it's someone oh, who... None of the literal baggage? You don't stay with us, right? Laundry <laughs> and helps you with baby care education and puts your mind at ease and sort of helps you with the transition to parenting. And... So I did that for a really long time before becoming a lactation consultant, and I worked with a ton of birth doulas, and birth doulas are amazing, and I actually had a birth doula team at my birth, which was really very helpful since I did about 40 hours of active labor at the hospital, followed by a really scary birth event where my kiddo had to be resuscitated and rushed to the NICU, and then we were in the NICU for about three weeks, and um, having somebody to stay with me and somebody to go with my partner and our baby was so tremendous, or even just if um, one of you has to shift focus to the baby knowing that someone is with Dory and making sure that she's doing all right. What about is So, so, so tremendously who helpful. Needs his own doula? Someone who knows a lot about birth to call anytime you have a question that feels too simple to call and ask your OB is you so amazing. And really good birth doulas are really good at working in hospitals and are not on the actually way. woo-woo birth wing nuts. They're amazing professionals who have so many skills of different things to try to keep you really comfortable. And I'm someone who, I joke that my birth was just Coachella. I did all the drugs. But nice. I also had other amazing tools that they helped me with, like spinning babies to help turn my kiddo into the right position, and a TENS unit, which is like a funny muscle vibrate thing that helped a lot, and breathing techniques and focus techniques and ideas of positions while I was napping on my epidural so that our kiddo could get in the right spot. Interesting. And they're just really, really helpful sort of beyond to the idea of candles and chimes and water births. So um, just wanted to put that vote of confidence in for Matt. And then I also wanted to, as y'all are moving into talking more about um, actually having babies and less conceiving babies, I wanted to put out there that uh, folks who have fertility issues for a very a variety of reasons, in particular PCOS, but other thyroid issues. Oh boy, part two is coming up. Off. Don't here worry. I can see it clearly labeled on the rundown okay. of the show. Got cut off. Not uncommon here, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so folks with uh, fertility complications have a higher risk of lactation complications. So oh, I'm not I didn't a breastfeeding wing nut. Um, I actually bottle feed my kids. But as a lactation consultant, I would really, really encourage people, especially if you've had fertility issues, to find an awesome lactation consultant before you have your baby, both so you can have a prenatal visit so that you can rule out any issues that might be coming down the pike that are easy to see, and also so that then you already know someone great to call when you're in stressful moments is not when you want to be meeting somebody for the first time who is stressful and weird. You want to find someone awesome. Um, so that is my little plug for all folks who have been going through fertility stuff and are excitedly awaiting their babies to put in a little bit of time finding a great lactation consultant if nursing is part of your plan. So talk to you. 
I guess I'll not talk to y'all you, soon. You will. Hear you soon on the podcast. Congratulations. So excited. Y'all are going to continue. Bye. It's like uh, we are talking to her. Yeah. I love that. You know, it doesn't seem like that long ago that Ramekin Queer first messaged us. Feels like it was episode 93. But she has a six month old. Crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that was all very useful information. Yeah, this whole lactation situation sounds great. I like the idea of uh, free formula that comes From my boobs. out of my wife. <laughs> there are other free things you could dispense. That'd be cool. Mm, I think just milk. All right. Sorry. We could start pulling your hair out and weaving some sort of baby sweater. What? Ew. That was pretty gross. That was disgusting. I'm never going to say that again. They do make lactation cookies, though. You won't be allowed to eat them. I, you never know. I'll label them very clearly. Lactation cookies. Yeah. Do not eat, Matt. If, if I eat them, will I lactate? <laughs> yes. My breasts are bigger than yours. I think I'm a half cup size, <laughs> thanks to third love. Um, all right. This is from Trey. Anastasio, a fish? Yep. Hey, Trey. What's up, man? Heard your shows were killer over at the Halloween shows in Vegas. Okay. Um, Trey says, as a first-time dad who just went through this two months ago, I cannot recommend having a doula involved in your birth experience highly enough. That was good to get a dad perspective it's in here. It's good to get, you know... Uh Excellent guitarist's perspective. <laughs> Going into our birth, I knew how I react in times of stress and having the support of a caring doula was exactly what I thought my wife and I needed. Okay. As it turned out, we didn't have the exact birth experience we anticipated because nobody can predict how your baby will be introduced to the world. <laughs> our doula was indispensable during labor and when she saw I was completely worn out, she took over for me so I could take a nap. Whoa. Having her there That's with not us. That's fair, dude. Your wife can't take a nap. <laughs> as new information was flying at us nonstop was also amazing as there was nothing... She had an experience with other clients or her own five births. Interesting. Oh, ours has only had four births. We better get a new one. This allowed me to worry less and focus on being supportive of my wife through the part of the pregnancy she was dreading the most. We ended up needing an emergency C-section to get baby Marceline out. Yikes. And even though our doula wasn't allowed in the operating room, she still stuck around until I came out and made sure I was doing okay. Not enough people talk about what fathers go through during birth, but having her around, having someone to talk to us as all of this unfolded was amazing. And I'd do it again if we ever decided another kid was in our future. Our doula even checked in periodically while Marcy was in the NICU to see how all of us were doing and came by for a home visit once we were able to bring our baby home. Speaking of babies, Bo's being a baby oh, right he's now. He's being the biggest baby. Bo, just relax. Such a baby. Here's one from Elise, honey. Hi, Dory and Matt. Yes, I stopped to write the podcast. I think the suggestion for you going to synagogue wasn't about whether you wanted to go or not, whether Dory may have appreciated having you there as a support to her. Love the podcast. You know, look, I gotta say, if synagogue wasn't stupidly on a Friday, like, it's just dumb to have things on a Friday. Traffic's crazy. You never know when I'm getting out of work. Aren't these people tired? Well, they also have services on Saturday mornings. Let's go. All right. To that Saturday morning, in the in the go hop in the DeLorean. Okay. <sighs> Guys, I'm really tired, just in general. So, I mean, I get it. My wife is having the life sucked out of her by a by a by a, a succubus baby. Yep. But uh, I feel like I'm also having the life sucked out of <laughs> by another succubus baby. 
by the name of Sony. <laughs> um, all right. This next email is from Danielle. Yes, okay. Um, Danielle says, first, let me say, I'm so glad you got my subliminal letter voting to change to a pregnancy edition of the podcast. Yeah. Um, one reason, uh, so many reasons this seems ideal. One reason I think this is great is that many people who go through infertility and or fertility treatment end up with prenatal and or postpartum depression. Dads too, not just moms. Thank you for acknowledging me. I'm, I'm a psychologist who specializes in perinatal mental health. And I see this all the time. I love that we're hearing from professionals. Uh, look, I love... Uh, I mean, I love everyone who we hear from, but... I love perinatal. <laughs> Porn for pyros is great. Uh, many of my clients listen to this podcast. Thank God. That's cool. Since I have a lot of IVF mamas in my practice, and the ones who do are so glad you guys are around to help normalize the tough stuff that comes with IVF and the world of infertility. I wish I'd had this resource to send people two years ago. We knew that DeLorean. Well, now you do. I've been so thankful that you have both shared about your ups and downs. I've been so honest about mental health medications, self-care, and going to therapy. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a little late to the party, but I'd like to chime in to say that once you have the baby, I do think that a parenting or dad podcast would be an excellent choice. I see what you did there. And like I said, I love that you were doing a pregnancy edition of your adventure. There are so many quirks to an IVF pregnancy, even if everything goes smoothly, which, let's be honest, isn't often the case. Many, most people are more nervous after having gone through so much to get to that positive test. True. Yep. And so many people have experienced a lot of loss and disappointment by this stage that it's hard to trust that the desired outcome will work out. Plus, there's a higher rate of things you discuss on the podcast that make things scarier, mm-hmm. like that early spotting and stuff and such. IVF pregnancy has stuff that other pregnancy doesn't. And even if you have friends who are going through pregnancy at the same time, it can often leave IVF mamas and couples feeling isolated and alone. Uh, that is very real. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I think it's very important to sort of, uh, I mean, part of the, I mean, not part of, the entire reason we did this podcast was to normalize all of this. Yeah, because we're so normal. Um, yeah, we're the wrong people to do it. <laughs> Could have been, you know, some normal people, maybe. <laughs> um, all right. I also wanted to chime in as a professional. I like professionals. My background is primary care psych about the woman who wrote in about the amount she and her husband were drinking. Remember mm-hmm. them from last week? Do I ever? I haven't stopped thinking about them. I am so glad you both spoke up about that being excessive. Uh-huh. I was basically screaming at the podcast in my car about that amount being a big deal. Not uh-huh. even looking at the aspect of alcohol- alcoholism slash addiction, and just talking about health effects, there's plenty of medical evidence about risky drinking. Risky yeah. drinking is considered for male adults under 65, anything more than four drinks per day and 14 per week. And for female adults under 65, it is more than three per day and seven per week. And by drink, it's small drinks, five ounces of wine, 12 ounces of beer, 1.5 ounces of hard liquor. Yeah. When people drink more than this, it affects their fertility and overall health, blood pressure, blood sugar, cholesterol, etc. I'm shocked that with so much medical intervention that this has not been explored for this couple. Also, it should be kept in mind that the egg and sperm are developing three months prior to conception or Don't retrieval slash collection. So limiting substances during that time is important to be mindful of what is being put in our bodies. I am also not completely against alcohol, but when dealing with any health issue, it really needs to be looked at, looked into and likely avoided if you are serious about changing any health concern. Mm-hmm. Also take prenatals. Don't wait until you are pregnant. This would help with so many issues. I cannot even say enough about it. Um, yeah. Well, she sent in charts about uh, drinking limits. You can go to uh, 
massbirt, M-A-S-B-I-R-T dot org. Uh, head over there and, and search for that uh, drinking limits. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for writing in with all of that information, Danielle. Uh, and I for supporting it. our decision to continue the podcast. Did, did anyone write in and go, that's not a lot to drink? No, everyone we heard from about this was <laughs> oh, like, no. um, I was kind of hoping we were being like uh, I know. weird teetotalers. Well, I was like, are we being weird te- teetotalers? Like I've lost all perspective. And if you're listening and you're a teetotaler, you're weird. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. I mean, the, the next, the next email from Janine. Hi, Janine. Has a very diplomatic take on the analysis of the listeners drinking 15 to 20 drinks per week. I like a diplomat. Let's hear it. I experienced a transition similar to Dory's. For seven years, my husband and I lived in Brooklyn. Uh For the first three years of that, I was in law school, which presents a few situations with free alcohol that everyone milks for all they're worth, in addition to generic social drinking situations. After I graduated, I worked in Manhattan, which often meant meeting friends for happy hour drink and or dinner. Exactly. This is like, you know, this is a fact of New York. It's interesting. Some weeks I'd have two to three weeknight drinks plus Friday and Saturday nights out with friends at three to four drinks each. So doing the math, that's around 10 drinks. Yes, exactly. Let's not even start on the day drinking in summer slash fall, which also made for some high total weeks. Mm -hmm. Eventually we had our first kid and therefore didn't go out so much at night, but at night, but nonetheless, I went to many a new mom's meetup at a beer (laughs) hall or pub. Sure. That's what you do there. And on snowy weekend afternoons, the best we could muster for plans was grabbing some local takeout and bringing it to our favorite bar. Shout out (laughs) Charlene's on Flatbush Avenue. I've been to, I've, I've gotten, I've drank many a drink at Charlene's on Flatbush. Oh, there you go. To have a few beers and lunch while the baby snoozed in her stroller. Thus, it's easy to see how the total drinks per week can add up depending on the social environment and individual habits. People also have different constitutions when it comes to alcohol. As a petite woman who's had pre-diabetes since my mid-teens, I've never been able to handle as much booze as my husband, who is 6'3", and has the metabolism of someone half his age. Good for you. TLDR, after we moved to the suburbs, our drinking felt off to almost nothing for all the reasons Dory mentioned. Um... We tend to host a lot of get-togethers that inevitably involve wine, but even including those, I was still averaging around one drink per week. Then this past year, I basically gave it up entirely for health reasons. Mm-hmm. I've always had issues issues with my triglycerides being high, and alcohol seemed to cause them to spike even when I'm doing everything else right insofar as diet and exercise. Yeah, Booze is delicious, and I miss it, but right now, I'm more focused on being healthy so I can be around to nag my kids for as long as possible. So while I don't begrudge anyone their drinking habits to the email or having 15 to 20 drinks a week, I would say a hearty yes, please do yourself a favor and at least cut down. It's interesting. Alcohol affects metabolism and metabolism can affect reproductive health. Ergo, with everything else that couple has been through, getting poked in the balls and whatnot, it could go a long way (laughs) to improve their chances of conception. Not just poked, like cord. Oh, yeah. So, uh, honey, it's time for another uh, quick word. From our sponsors. From uh, our, our fancy, dancy sponsors, the people who are kind enough to keep this podcast going and the people who are kind enough to make it so we can have a season two of this show. Thank you, sponsors. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh 
All right. Uh, now, honey, we are about two thirds of the way through the show. Oh no! Did I put too many emails and on I've, again? I've noticed that uh, on this email, I'm about not even halfway down the email oh, list. Dear. So I'm going to let you jump to whatever okay. you think the next email is. Well, okay. I'm going to I'm going to summarize a few emails that we got last week. We heard from a listener named Amy who found out on her 20 week scan that her um, baby most likely has a cleft lip. Yes, yeah, so she put the cleft lip signal. She out. put out the cleft lip single signal. I don't know that she actually did that. Did she? No, she did. We put out the cleft. That was lip the signal we called yeah, it. Yeah, I right. think we. I think we did. Um, and we heard from three people about this, there all from different perspectives. One of them this is amazing. Um, works in a. Uh, she does neurodevelopmental testing in a clinic for high-risk infants and toddlers. Oh. So she's encountered a lot of patients with cleft lips and or palates. And mm-hmm. so she had some um, words of advice for Amy. And then we also heard from a woman whose baby has a cleft lip. Okay. And um, also had some advice for her about surgeries and... Um, also, there is a, a Facebook group called Cleft Mommies that she recommended. Cleft Mommies. I didn't... Well, of course it's a Facebook group right. for that. Why wouldn't there be? She said it's basically the excellent adventure face of, of Cleft Palettes. I think that's a high praise if I've ever heard yes. name. Same. Um, and then we also heard from a 30-year-old man who was born with a cleft lip and palate. Oh. What does he have to say? So he said, the thing I always try to emphasize with new parents of kids with orofacial clefting Mm -hmm. is that the surgical practices have come a long way. Most people I meet don't really notice my cleft at first or from a distance. And in the 30 years since my surgeries, the technology has improved rapidly. Cleft lip slash palate are complicated and common birth defects. And there's a lot that can go into them. So please. So he offered to share his email. Um, and I, I forwarded it to her and, um, you know, he just says, I, I just always want to advocate for kids with clefts and new parents because it is much less difficult than it seems at first when your new baby comes out different. I think that that is, uh, I'm surprised that we heard from three actually different perspectives. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting. I forwarded them all to Amy <clears throat> because all of them, <clears throat> excuse me, all of them very kindly offered, you know, to be put in touch with her and said they would, they would be willing to answer any questions. And it just made me think the eggheads are so great. Well, we have the greatest listeners on the planet. Yeah, so thank you. Can you please turn that off? Yes, uh, as soon as I save him from his bear trap, honey. Wow, that is so rude. Continue. Okay. Um, all right. We've also lately been talking about, well, we've, we've been talking about donor sperm throughout because people have written in about their experiences but um what could you possibly be licking out of the carpet bow seriously i don't know but he's been licking that same spot it's for insane. like 20 minutes did i accidentally spill a uh, sauce there probably like five days ago i don't know all right this is from claire my wife and i claire are paint are yes our two mom family living in norwood massachusetts norwood we have a three and a half year old. Next stop, Noah Wood. Conceived via IUI using donor sperm and another on the way due in December using a different donor sperm. I found you guys through the Committed podcast. Great podcast, by the way, if you guys haven't listened to it. Were you a participant of that podcast? We both were. I was? Yeah. When? It's when we were interviewed about our marriage. I really don't remember that at all. We went to the How Stuff Works studio. 
what? Remember? No. Oh my god. What are you talking about? We went to that studio in Hollywood. I've been to a lot of studios in Hollywood for podcasting. And we did the interview by phone with my friend Joe Piazza. And she talked to us about our marriage and IVF. Oh, she was a big fan of the show. Yeah. It's now coming together. Okay. But honestly, I completely forgot. <laughs> um, that's a great podcast about marriage and, and relationships. Marriage. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, I found you guys from the committed and I've been trying to catch up ever since. I planned on waiting until I was completely caught up before emailing. But, but had to write after listening to it. episode 90. Oh, God. What, did, what was then? I can't even remember being on this other podcast. A listener mentioned the donor sibling registry, and I had to pause the podcast to look it up. DSR. I'd heard of it before, but hadn't found any matches when I looked it up a couple years ago. Okay. Not yeah. the case this time. After pausing the pod and looking up the registry, I found that our daughter had five donor siblings. Holy shit balls. AKA Dibblings. All living in Massachusetts. What? And all around the same age. Oh, my God. I emailed them and received a response almost immediately. Before I knew it, I'd been added to an ongoing Facebook chat group with all of the moms. There's five moms just chatting about this guy's uh, dong sauce? Yep. (laughs) One of the couples had lived in our same town until about a year ago when they moved to another town, but are still only 10 minutes away. And even crazier, one of the moms works with my wife. Holy shit. Talk about a small world. We are all planning and get together soon. I would not have connected with them if I hadn't been listening to your podcast. So thank you. That's crazy. I love that. Crazy in a good way, but yeah. like also like what? First of all, I was on a podcast. I don't remember. Second of all, <laughs> um, I don't think I could name all the podcasts I've been on. Honestly, if I had a sheet of paper and, and an hour, I don't think I could pull them all. But point is, I'm here. Talking you to you are. guys about this excellent adventure, pregnancy edition. Pregnant adventure, the movie. <sighs> All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to summarize this email we got from Emily. Emily uh, responding to uh, Crystal. Responding to Crystal, who I, is the one whose husband, she and her husband um, drink. You know what I don't like is the fact that now that this is called 201, this episode last week, and no, no longer does the number scheme make any sense. It bothers me. Yes, it does. It's like a, it's like television season. I know, but like now it's episode one oh nine, but it's actually production number two oh one. Well, I guess it'd be production number one oh nine, episode two. Anyway, whatever. Keep going. Hmm. Um. All right. Her husband also has a sperm count of zero, um, and he's done the microtessy procedure three times, um, and. They basically, her husband cut out alcohol from eight to 10 drinks a week to zero, cut caffeine for four months, added a daily vitamin C of mm-hmm. a thousand milligrams and an E, a thousand milligrams. Okay, it's a lot of effort so far. And fish oil, 2,000 milligrams, oh, and boy. daily green smoothies. Okay. And that round was great. Wow. The nurse actually leaned her head out of the operating room and yelled to me down the hall, We've got sperm. That's got to be a fun thing to hear through a clinic. Yep. So uh, she says, yes, cut out that alcohol for at least three months. Oh, boy. I hope he can do it. Yeah. Um, And then she also has a signal to send out. All right. Um, Even though they had had sperm that time, um, the embryos did not, none of the embryos they got implanted. Okay. 
So she says, at this point, we were emotionally, physically, and financially done with fertility treatments, decided to get off the fertility treatment merry-go-round after a year of grieving and therapy. We are now in the process of adopting from the foster system. Matt and Dory, I will keep listening as long as you are podcasting, and one possibility is to interview people who have taken different directions after treatment. I'm struggling. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm struggling to find foster adopt resources for people who are coming from fertility treatment. That is interesting. Seems to be lots of Christians doing God's work, but I don't identify with a lot of oh, discussions God, in those groups. God, these Christians with God's work. Get over yourselves. The book's very old. There's a new book out. It's called Super Fudge. Get on it. Oh, wow. I'm very tired. This is going off the rails. It sure is. <laughs> Can you send out the Matthew, fuss? Paul, Thomas, Myra, why are you talking <laughs> like that? Sorry, Mom. Can you send out the foster adopt signal? Does anyone have any good Facebook groups, blogs, podcasts for foster adopting after fertility treatment? Thank you, Emily. I mean, did we just find a new market? Maybe. Should we go through the foster process too and document that? I'm exhausted you just thinking about it. A dibbling? Oh, boy. <laughs> You're asking me to go, adopt, go donate? It's not going to be good. They're going to turn me away. Yeah, they probably are. Um, we had also heard from someone last week who asked if she should do PGS testing since she's only 29. Yeah. And someone wrote in who's, he and his wife just completed their first round of IVF. He's 26. She's 28. Mm -hmm. Um, they have male factor, um, infertility. They got eight good quality embryos, make it to blastocysts. I want warp factor infertility. Um, they did a fresh transfer. <laughs> She's ignoring me. This is how it works in life, guys. They did a fresh transfer, and his wife is 14 weeks pregnant. Just come home, I'm crushing with these jokes, and she just keeps talking and about whatever she was talking they about. They PGS tested the rest of them. Nothing happened. And get a load of this, honey. I don't know. Better be a cool joke about Star Trek. Only one of the remaining seven embryos was chromosomally normal. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. How'd that happen? Isn't that interesting? So he he says, I just want to caution Haley and other listeners that youthfulness and male factor infertility doesn't mean that you'll be cranking out tons of perfect embryos. Okay. My wife and I both anticipated having three to four normals out of our batch of eight blastocysts. We've learned that sperm can affect the health and development of embryos in a much bigger way than a lot of people think. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he points out, we could have easily frozen those remaining seven embryos thinking that we had seven more chances to have a baby when in reality we only had one good one left. Boy, Gavalt. So he says we've saved ourselves a lot of emotional and financial turmoil by PGS testing the rest of them. Um, there's never a perfectly clear answer to anything in IVF. That is very true. But I think the cost of the PGS testing could end up saving you lots of heartache and money in the long run. True. All right. Yeah. Um, we also have a diminished ovarian reserve signal. A DORS. Um, in the interest of time, I'm going to skip over her whole story, but she has diminished ovarian reserve and her body has trouble responding to meds. And she's starting a new job in three weeks. going to have a lot of uh, trouble trying to keep up with everything. Here, three questions. Ooh, and she's an audiologist. That's cool. What is that? Is that it, an ear person? Yeah. What does that mean? What does an audiologist do? Talk to me about this person. Are you telling me what frequencies someone hears? An audiologist is a professional who diagnoses and treats hearing and balance problems. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. I guess balance is in the ear, huh? Yeah. 
All right. She has three questions. Does anyone know of an RE who specializes in diminished ovarian reserve whom I could contact for a consult? What area is she in? San Diego. She's in San Diego, but I, I don't think she, I think she will go anywhere. Well, look, I just wanted to reach out. Maybe there's even a convenient one. Totally. If anyone has experienced this frustrating cycle unpredictability with DOR, how did you cope? And how should I approach telling my new job that I'm going to need to take time off random hours for IVF stuff? Well, look, you're in California. So guess what? You can do that. <laughs> and they can GF themselves. Because <laughs> it's the law. It's discriminatory to discriminate against someone for their fertility problems. Uh, so those are the three questions. We hope there are answers. Uh, follow up. I mean, you don't have to like, you don't have to walk in like that and be like, yo job. I know the law. You can just, you- hi, listen, this is me. I don't, is fertility, I is so fertility much, uh, a protected class? I asked class? the lawyer at the fucking meeting at uh, work. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Well, look, I mean, maybe it's a Sony situation, but. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. As far right. as I know. Um, but if you, you know, if you don't want to sure go into it. if you're a lawyer it, and you're listening, you'll tell us I'm wrong. Well, Karen Vladek, or my right. sister, is an employment lawyer. All she knows is Texas law. I'm sure she could look at it. And up. District of Columbia law. Where else is she barred? Uh, Maryland, Florida, probably. Think, no, Maryland and Virginia. I think she's barred in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until she's barred in California. I don't want to hear it, Karen. Wow. Go back to your daughters and their adorable chubby faces. <laughs> I think Maddie's going to see wanna, you for Thanksgiving. I think Maddie's going to help you with Thanksgiving. Oh, well, I hope that Maddie has more kitchen tools than <laughs> mom and dad do. <laughs> Maddie does have a kitchen. Well, I bet Maddie's <laughs> kitchen is more stocked <laughs> than Karen and Steve's kitchen. I don't know how you're both so successful, <laughs> but so terrible at kitchens. Uh, well, I've never been handed a potato masher with no handle. <laughs> No handle. Like, what am I supposed to do? Jab, like, shove it into my stump of a fist? And the... Should we bring our potato masher? I, I, I'm, like, worried. I had to walk to Macy's in Washington, <laughs> D.C. to get a goddamn roasting pan. They still have it. Thank God. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what I have to go to a store in Texas You know to buy. what? I will pack our potato masher. Don't pack the potato masher. It's all right. We'll make do. <sighs> We're going to have to do the shopping before you get there. This is unfucking believable. Because you're not getting there till like six. When do you get there? I get there. Why like are you leaving on Wednesday? You should have just left earlier in the week. Oh, Tuesday's a crazy day. I get it now. Also, like, about it. there was a minute where we thought maybe we could fly together. Ha <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Um. Yeah, so we're going to have to come up with a list of groceries. I'm probably going to have to do work while I'm there, too. Okay. My script shoots on Monday of that week, next week. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Karen, just figure it out. Just, just you know, I don't want to see like a weird McCormick salt and pepper set that you have never taken out of the wrapper because neither you nor Steve need salt and pepper because you're constantly getting Postmates. Stop it. As though we don't get Postmates all the time. Shut up. It's not cool. But if we... Although I do believe they did not have kosher salt. No, they didn't. Like, it's a, it's like so many staples. You're like, wait, you don't have kosher salt. 
We'll use this. What is the difference? <laughs> Listen, it's hard being the best cook in the family. I, I, so far, I'm convinced that is me. But it is you. Of course it's you. Of every, extending beyond. It's, it's insane. And I don't even really know how to cook. That's the craziest part. You have good instincts, though. <sighs> I understand flavors. You understand and flavors. You have a good flavor palette. Look, what's next? I'm, I'm out of Karen Corner. <laughs> All right, I have a voicemail. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Susanna from Central Illinois. We'll go with. I uh, wanted to say congratulations on the baby one, two. Did I not say that? You know, I think some of your ideas and your comments, your things, everything should just kind of add to the podcast cover album. Um, Matt, a couple things. One, thank you. I now call my daughter Evelyn Schmevelin, which never had crossed my mind until hearing you read the Patreon name because... Yes, I do listen that far into it. Hey, um, that's what it's there for. Anyway, so thank you for that. And I know the pizza thing has probably gone too far. My comment about the pizza <laughs> no, thing. I want to hear it. She's I have found the, probably the best way to reheat pizza. Uh-huh. Um, you have to, and this can be done in a toaster oven because when you put it on 350, you know, it doesn't take 15 minutes or whatever it is to preheat. Throw it on 350. Once it gets, you know, hot, throw the pizza in and turn it off of the baking setting and turn it on to the oil setting uh, for exactly four minutes. Um, This can be done in a conventional oven as well, but it does work in a toaster oven. You just got to watch it a little more So what's the broil situation for? But it is phenomenal. It's crusty and melts pizza. It's great. Um, Glad you guys are continuing with the podcast. I think it's great. Uh, All the best wishes to you. And... Thank you. I, you know, here's my situation right now. I'm that pizza talk, and the fact that it's dark early right now. I really miss New York. I really miss walking from my hotel to Joe's in the Village and grabbing a slice of pepperoni with my headphones in, listening to. Who took you to Joe's for the first time? I don't know. I don't think it was you. Honestly, I don't think it was you. it was me. I think I ate it before you. No, you didn't, because you had never been there when I took you there. To Joe's. I pretended. Yes. Oh, come on. I probably have been there. (laughs) I spent a lot of time in New York. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, I just want a slice. Joe, if you're listening, send a slice. All right. Um... And Susan wanted to write in to let us know that I, uh, she says, I'd always liked the name Bo, mm-hmm. but the more I heard on your podcast, the more I loved it. Our Bo is now three months old, and I think the name fits him, fits him perfectly. So I guess we kind of named our kid after your pup. Bo. Can you believe that? <laughs> He's a... Oh, know. there's a little baby Bo. I was named after you. Bo, I would have loved to have seen you as a puppy. I bet he was such a doofus. I bet you had such a big head as a puppy, too. And big paws. Hi, buddy. He's asleep. Uh-huh. He doesn't give a shit anymore. Finally. All right. It's from Abraham. We're into the Disneyland portion of the podcast. Abraham? Uh, just had an extra tip for that person who emails about going on a special <sighs> Disneyland trip. Here we trip. go. I like it. Let's hear it. While the corn dog cart is classic, 
Yeah. You can only get a bottled drink and bag of chips with your corn dog. Yes, this is also, true. Also, the line is crazy long. Also true. If you head into Frontierland, yep. you can grab a corn dog with fries and a fountain drink with a much shorter line at the Stage Door Cafe just outside of the Golden Horseshoe. That's a hot tip. It's kind of like the Tiki Room Dole Whip tip, but a little, little more involved. Yeah, that is a good tip. You know what they have over at Disney World, honey? What? They have a food truck situation happening over at the Disney Springs. And one of the trucks they have, according to AJ, the food blog. Oh, boy. Hi, AJ here. Um, is a truck that, like, brings Disney treats from other Disney parks. Oh, so, interesting. So, like, the Disneyland corn dog is one of the things they serve there. Oh. And then, like, there's probably, like, something from Paris Disneyland that's fancy, but I didn't pay any attention Like a after. stale croissant? Wah, wah. <laughs> Whoa. Um, all right. Yeah. One more voicemail. I like, a, I like a voicemail. Here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Carter from Sherman Oaks, and I'm calling because I just listened to your most recent podcast, and quite frankly, the Christmas bowling signal went up in my eyes. <laughs> now... I can confirm that on Christmas Day, Jerry's Deli in Studio City yes. on Ventura, Attached to the, the Valley, Valley, which Matt was so fond of, is open. <laughs> now, Jerry's yeah. Deli is attached to Pins the Bowling Alley. This is also true. So as far as I'm concerned, I say you head down there Christmas Day, get a lovely little bite to eat, and bowl a few friends. It's a great way to spend your holidays. I mean, what can you do? Keep up the good work, loving the podcast, and and best of luck to you uh, with your little bundle of joy. Have a good one. Bye. I mean, that was a ver- almost verbatim Google Voice translated that correctly. Well, he's, he enunciated very clearly. You are just so clear. Carter from Sherman Oaks. Also very clear in the sense that he has a clear vision of what our Christmas looks like. He does. Uh in the valley oh let me tell you it'll take nine minutes to get there if that like if that oh my like it'll God. take uh let's see we go up if we drive straight up highland there's gonna be no traffic hop on the hop 101, on the 101. for like a second yeah and we don't need to get on the 101 let's just fucking take ventura oh what a dream no time whatsoever guys it's a dream uh that i'm happy to hopefully live uh, in reality what okay <laughs> all right uh Chris yeah. says yep. that he previously asked Matt to share his turkey recipe. I was told to ask again during the first week of November. Can Matt share his turkey recipe now? Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to be reading it from my place. Although I do it a little bit different. Um, I know you said to be ready with this, honey. I did. And uh, I... Uh, I failed you. Mm, you did. <sighs> uh, hang on, hang on. Eh. Do eh. you want to sh- share his cranberry recipe while I'm pulling this up? I mean, that'd be a nice way to kill some I time. I could. So he also says, in the interest of reciprocity, I will share a cranberry sauce recipe my family enjoys. Even though I am a firm believer in canned cranberry gelatin that's shaped like the can. Gross. I love it. All right, ingredients. Two cups fresh or defrosted frozen cranberries. Mm -hmm. Three tablespoons cognac. One cup packed light brown sugar. 
quarter cup fresh orange juice, three whole allspice berries. Interesting. Two whole cloves, four whole black peppercorns, half a teaspoon of crushed red pepper flakes. Interesting. And a cinnamon stick. In a medium saucepan, combine cranberries, cognac, sugar, and orange juice. Place allspice, cloves, peppercorns, red pepper flakes, and cinnamon stick in a double layer of cheesecloth. Bundle it up. Tie with kitchen string and add to saucepan. Bring mixture to a boil. Reduce heat to a simmer and cook, stirring often until syrupy 15 to 20 minutes. Discard bundle and transfer mixture to a bowl. Let cool and refrigerate until needed. Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, I'm going to give it a whirl. All right. I guess. Do you have your turkey recipe? I think so. I'm going to find it right here. Oh, boy. Is this? I'm signed in, right? Oh, I hate how they do this. I really hate how they organize this thing. I have to, like, watch it for a second to see if it's the right recipe. I don't even know if it is. Is this season one? Oh, boy. This is going to be old-timey. Guys, <sighs> I, I asked him to be ready with this. I don't want to talk about how you asked me to be ready with this because I know you asked me to be ready with this, but I, but then I was like, this is the Thanksgiving episode. And you were like, no, it's not. And I was like, yeah, isn't it? And then here we are. Matt's looking for a Thanksgiving recipe. He's done like five times and he is getting bad at it. Honey, you're yawning. It's almost my bedtime. It's, I mean, I understand. I don't know where it is. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. Maybe that's it. Let's see. The The key is the salt pork. So that's what I'm looking for is the salt pork in the recipe. Guys, I'm so sorry. Is there any other thing you could read while I'm doing this, honey? I mean... Is that read the, the end of the email? That's that's the end of the emails. I well, mean, I buckle could... up. You're going to have to hear uh, our Patreon supporters while I find this thing. Oh, God. All right, guys. You'll have to stick around to the end of the episode if you want to hear Matt's turkey recipe. It's, I know. I'm but sorry. just a reminder that you can support us on Patreon. Get up to two bonus episodes per month. And again, a huge thanks to our Patreon supporters. We love you. You're the best. Around. Um, and if you support us at the $5 level or above, you will also get the back catalog of all of the Patreon episodes. So if you have, if you're not satisfied with, uh, 108 episodes from season one and now two episodes from season two, you can get a lot of Patreon episodes also. All right. Here is this, the batch of names for this week. CJ, Caroline Goodwin, Carolyn N, Carrie Smith, Kathy Hill, Chelsea Rosger, Chinami Worth, Chris Dibel, Christina Turner, Christine M, Christy Mags, Danielle Kohler, Daphne Powers, Darlene Estramera, Deify Plums. <laughs> All right. Diana, Edwina Goodingham, Eleanor Powell, Elizabeth Ann, Elizabeth Gerardo, Emily Brett, Emily McNaughton, Erica Brown, Aaron Gudge. Gudge. Aaron Turley, Evelyn Schmevelin, <laughs> Greta Truitt, Heather Nelson. <clears throat> Hooten Waddle, Jack Woodyard, James Feigl, James Gilly, Jane wants a nickname like the Gudge Callahan. Wait, what's her name? Say it again. Jane Callahan. Callahan Brake Parts. Come on. Callahan Brake Pads from uh, Tommy That's Boy. That's not a nickname. Oh, come on. All right, we'll Callahan see. the Brake Pad 
We'll think of one for you, Jane. All right. Jason King, Jennifer Floyd, Jennifer Steele, Jess Branch, Jesse Hendricks, Jolene Sigler, Julie Phillips, Kane McCall, Kate Deweese, Catherine Shimmons, Katie Regan, Katie Tavey, Katie Lucy, Kelly Zimmerman, Kelsey Kinneman, Kelsey Williams-Paul, Carrie Mills, Kim Mestra, Kim Thompson, Kimberly Kim, Kimberly Shepard, Kristen Anderson, Christopher Fonagy, Kim Storms, Laura Dodge, Laura Rosenblum, Lauren Luther, Lauren Nykvist, Leah Steinberg, Leslie Shoup, Lettuce Sparkle, Lex Conant. Hey, Lex. Liesel, Lindsay Earls, Linnea Thunsel, Lisa in West Virginia, Lori Leeming, Luke Evers, Manda Johnson, Margaret Metcalf, Margie Oakley, Marie Morgan, Marika, Marjorie Sorensen, Martin Hedegaard Peterson, Mary B, Mary Brasic, Brasic? Brasic. Yeah. Maud Tremblay and Mackenzie Erickson. Thank you all so very much. And Matt, have you found the recipe? Well, here's the problem. Oh boy. Yes, I have. So if you want to see them do it, it's on season season 11, episode 15 of America's Test Kitchen. Um and it, you know, I do put a little bit of my own touches in here, but this is essentially Why don't the you recipe. tell people what the title of the recipe is? Old fashioned stuffed turkey. Okay, thank you. Here's what you're going to need, everybody, a turkey. That's 12 to 15 pounds. You save the giblets and the neck for the for the gravy. We're going to talk about that another time. Then you need three tablespoons plus two teaspoons of kosher salt. That's right, kosher salt. Two teaspoons of baking powder. Twelve ounces of salt pork cut into quarter-inch thick slices and rinsed. That's a biggie. That's going to keep a lot of the moisture. And then the stuffing recipe, it's proprietary, but you can find it from America's Test Kitchen. Now, here's what you want to do, okay? For the turkey, use your fingers or the handle of a wooden spoon. What I do is actually I just use my whole hand. And you separate the skin from the turkey. And then once you have that, you got to go around the thighs too. Shove your hand in there. Go between the skin and the meat. And you're going to want to take all, a lot of that salt and you're going to rub it in there. It's a tablespoon of salt evenly inside the uh, turkey. Okay? Are you understanding? Yes. That's the inside cavity. You want one and a half teaspoons under the skin of each breast. And one and a half on the skin, this is teaspoons, uh, of each leg, okay? Then here's the big key, everybody. Once you've gotten the salt between the skin and the meat, breast and legs, you want to wrap the entire turkey in saran wrap. Nice and tight. And put it in the fridge for 24 to 48 hours. Okay? So we're going to have to do this before you get there. I mean, look, last year I didn't do it for 24 hours. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Look, I would say at least 12 hours, definitely. Okay. Um, Now, here's what you want to do for the turkey. Okay, you take the last two teaspoons of kosher salt and baking powder in a small bowl. You mix those up. You pull that turkey out. You unwrap that some bitch. And you dry it with paper towels on the outside of the screen, on the screen of the skin. You want to make it, make sure it's super dry. That's how you get a golden roast to the exterior, guys. You take a skewer, you poke the holes all over the fat deposits and on top of the breast and thighs. Okay, that's four to five holes in each fat deposit. And then you sprinkle it with the salt baking powder mixture. That's going to really dry out the top in a good, good way. You pack your stuffing in there, four to five cups if you're making stuffing at home. 
you tie uh, the cheesecloth together that you put the stuffing in to shove into the bird. And then you uh, roast this turkey uh, breast side down until the thickest part of the breast registers 130 degrees on an instant read uh, thermometer. That's two to two and a half hours. Then you pull the roasting pan out. You turn the oven up to 450 degrees and you put that turkey into a V rack that's in a baking sheet. Okay? I forgot to tell you that you take the slices of salt pork and you layer the turkey with it on the back side. Okay. That's going to drip all that salt pork juiciness in there. Okay? You're all listening still, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... So once you've taken it out of the pan, as it has been resting, uh, you do, remember, 130 degrees is what you want your uh, turkey breast to be at, and that's two to two and a half hours uh, of roasting. Then you turn the oven up to 350 degrees, transfer it to the rack, and uh, throw it in the oven. Turkey recipes are very lengthy. I'm so sorry, everybody. (laughs) Uh. Then, once the oven has reached the desired temperature, which is 450, you can take the thing, put it back into the oven, and the skin's going to crisp now. You flipped it back over to be a normal-looking bird, and that's when the skin is going to crisp up, and your breasts are going to read 160, at the thickest part of the thigh is going to register 175. 160 on the breast, 175, thickest part of the thigh. 45 minutes. You got to rotate the pan halfway. You transfer the turkey to a carving board and you let that rest uncovered for 30 minutes. It's going to be the hardest part for everybody. <sighs> That's your turkey, pretty much. So, I'm going to do a quick step by step. Ready? You make the dry brine, which is. Putting your hand in there between the skin and the meat. You do that salt situation, okay? Then you wrap it up. Then you stab the fat pockets. And you put the dry rub on. That's that baking powder salt mixture. Then you put it on that V-rack upside down and you layer the salt pork on top. Then... You do that high heat finish. Intense heat for 45 minutes. That's going to crisp that skin. Guys, I got to tell you, it's a great recipe. I honestly seek out that. Seek it out. Seek out the America's Test Kitchen season uh, 15, episode 11. Was that correct, honey? I think so. How does season 11? Episode 15. 15. That makes some sense, too. (laughs) one of the two anyway i'm so sorry to bore everybody but i hope someone's listening and wants that recipe you know if you're gonna um, if you're gonna join america's test kitchen online all the recipes are there maybe you do it for the month of november well you said if you send me the link to that i can put in the show notes but no one can click on it because it's behind their paywall Well, they can click on it and then they can join okie dokie you know what i'm saying oh boy send it to me on email please all right thank you that's it, everybody. All right. Our show is over. I'm replying to Dory right now. Bye. Just put that in there. Stuck stuffed turkey pound. Okay. See you later. Bye, everyone. That was okay, a bye. long podcast. Go, 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 go